Section twenty five of What is Property? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. What is Property? An Inquiry into the Principle of Right and of Government by Pierre Joseph Proudhon. Translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. Second Memoir, Part Three there was a law says monsieur pastoret again to prohibit the rich from wearing better clothing than the poor from eating more delicate food and from owning elegant furniture vases carpets fine houses etc lycurgus hoped then to maintain equality by rendering wealth useless how much wiser he would have been if in accordance with his military discipline he had organized industry and taught the people to procure by their own labor the things which he tried in vain to deprive them of in that case enjoying happy thoughts and pleasant feelings the citizen would have known no other desire than that with which the legislator endeavored to inspire him love of honor and glory the triumphs of talent and virtue gold and all kinds of ornaments were forbidden the women absurd after the death of lycurgus his institutions became corrupted and four centuries before the christian era not a vestige remained of the former simplicity luxury and the thirst for gold were early developed among the spartans in a degree as intense as might have been expected from their enforced poverty and their inexperience in the arts historians have accused pausanias lysander agesilaus and others of having corrupted the morals of their country by the introduction of wealth obtained in war it is a slander the morals of the spartans necessarily grew corrupt as soon as the lacedaemonian poverty came in contact with persian luxury and athenian elegance lycurgus then made a fatal mistake in attempting to inspire generosity and modesty by enforcing vain and proud simplicity lycurgus was not frightened at idleness a lacedaemonian happening to be in athens where idleness was forbidden during the punishment of a citizen who had been found guilty asked to see the athenian thus condemned for having exercised the rights of a free man it was one of the principles of lycurgus acted upon for several centuries that free men should not follow lucrative professions the women disdained domestic labor they did not spin their wools themselves as did the other greeks they did not then read homer they left their slaves to make their clothing for them pastoret history of legislation could anything be more contradictory Lycurgus prescribed property among the citizens and founded the means of subsistence on the worst form of property, on property obtained by force. What wonder after that, that a lazy city, where no industry was carried on, became a den of avarice? The Spartans succumbed more easily to the allurements of luxury and Asiatic voluptuousness, being placed entirely at their mercy by their own coarseness. The same thing happened to the Romans when military success took them out of Italy, a thing which the author of the prosopopoeia of fabricus could not explain it is not the cultivation of the arts which corrupts morals but their degradation induced by inactive and luxurious opulence the instinct of property is to make the industry of daedalus as well as the talent of phidias subservient to its own fantastic whims and disgraceful pleasures property not wealth ruined the spartans when solon appeared the anarchy caused by property was at its height in the athenian republic the inhabitants of attica were divided among themselves as to the form of government those who lived on the mountains the poor preferred the popular form those of the plain the middle class the oligarchs those by the sea coast a mixture of oligarchy and democracy 
other dissensions were arising from the inequality of fortunes the mutual antagonism of the rich and poor had become so violent that the one-man power seemed the only safeguard against the revolution with which the republic was threatened pastoret history of legislation quarrels between the rich and the poor which seldom occur in monarchies because a well-established power suppresses dissensions seems to be the life of popular governments aristotle had noticed this the oppression of wealth submitted to agrarian laws or to excessive taxation the hatred of the lower classes for the upper class which is exposed always to libelous charges made in hopes of confiscation these were the features of the athenian government which were especially revolting to aristotle and which caused him to favor a limited monarchy aristotle if he had lived in our day would have supported the constitutional government but with all deference to the staggerite a government which sacrifices the life of the proletaire to that of the proprietor is quite as irrational as one which supports the former by robbing the latter neither of them deserve the support of a free man much less of a philosopher solon followed the example of lycurgus he celebrated his legislative inauguration by the abolition of debts that is by bankruptcy in other words solon wound up the governmental machine for a longer or shorter time depending upon the rate of interest consequently when the spring relaxed and the chain became unwound the republic had either to perish or to recover itself by a second bankruptcy this singular policy was pursued by all the ancients after the captivity of babylon nehemiah the chief of the jewish nation abolished debts lycurgus abolished debts solon abolished debts the roman people after the expulsion of the kings until the accession of the caesars struggled with the senate for the abolition of debts afterward toward the end of the republic and long after the establishment of the empire agriculture being abandoned and the provinces becoming depopulated in consequence of the excessive rates of interest the emperors freely granted the lands to whoever would cultivate them that is they abolished debts no one except lycurgus who went to the other extreme ever perceived that the great point was not to release debtors by a coup d'etat but to prevent the contraction of debts in the future on the contrary most democratic governments were always exclusively based upon individual property so that the social element of all these republics was war between the citizens solon decreed that a census should be taken of all fortunes regulated political rights by the result granted to the larger proprietors more influence established the balance of powers in a word inserted in the constitution the most active leaven of discord as if instead of a legislator chosen by the people he had been their greatest enemy is it not indeed the height of imprudence to grant equality of political rights to men of unequal conditions if a manufacturer uniting all of his workmen in a joint stock company should give to each of them a consultative and deliberative voice that is should make all of them masters would this equality of mastership secure continued inequality of wages that is the whole political system of solon reduced to its simplest expression in giving property a just preponderance says monsieur pastoret solon repaired as far as he was able his first official act the abolition of debts he thought he owed it to public peace to make this great sacrifice of acquired rights and natural equity but the violation of individual property and written contracts is a bad preface to a public code in fact such violations are always cruelly punished in eighty nine and ninety three the possessions of the nobility and the clergy were confiscated the clever proletaires were enriched and today the latter having become aristocrats are making us pay dearly for our father's robbery what therefore is to be done now 
it is not for us to violate right but to restore it now it would be a violation of justice to dispossess some and endow others and then stop there we must gradually lower the rate of interest organize industry associate laborers and their functions and take a census of the large fortunes not for the purpose of granting privileges but that we may effect their redemption by settling a life annuity upon their proprietors we must apply on a large scale the principle of collective production give the state eminent domain over all capital make each producer responsible abolish the custom house and transform every profession and trade into a public function thereby large fortunes will vanish without confiscation or violence individual possession will establish itself without communism under the inspection of the republic and equality of conditions will no longer depend simply on the will of citizens of the authors who have written upon the romans bousset and montesquieu occupy prominent positions in the first rank the first being generally regarded as the father of philosophy of history and the second as the most profound writer upon law and politics nevertheless it could be shown that these two great writers each of them imbued with the prejudices of their century and their cloth have left the question of the causes of the rise and fall of the romans precisely where they found it bosset is admirable as long as he confines himself to description witness among other passages the picture which he has given us of greece before the persian war and which seems to have inspired telemachus the parallel between athens and sparta drawn twenty times since bosset the description of the character and morals of the ancient romans and finally the sublime peroration which ends the discourse of universal history but when the famous historian deals with causes his philosophy is at fault the tribunes always favored the division of captured lands or the proceeds of their sale among the citizens the senate steadfastly opposed those laws which were damaging to the state and wanted the price of lands to be awarded to the public treasury thus according to bousset the first and greatest wrong of civil wars was inflicted upon the people who dying of hunger demanded that the lands which they had shed their blood to conquer should be given to them for cultivation the patricians who bought them to deliver to their slaves had more regard for justice and the public interests how little affects the opinion of men if the rules of cicero and the gracchi had been inverted bousset whose sympathies were aroused by the eloquence of the great orator more than by the clamors of the tribunes would have viewed the agrarian laws in quite a different light he then would have understood that the interest of the treasury was only a pretext that when the captured lands were put up at auction the patricians hastened to buy them in order to profit by the revenues from them certain moreover that the price paid would come back to them sooner or later in exchange either for supplies furnished by them to the republic or for the subsistence of the multitude who could buy only of them and whose services at one time and poverty at another were rewarded by the state for a state does not hoard on the contrary the public funds always return to the people if then a certain number of men are the sole dealers in articles of primary necessity it follows that the public treasury in passing and repassing through their hands deposits and accumulates real property there when menenius related to the people his fable of the limbs and the stomach if any one had remarked to this story-teller that the stomach freely gives to the limbs the nourishment which it freely receives but that the patricians give to the plebeians only for cash and lent to them only at usury he undoubtedly would have silenced the wily senator and saved the people from a great imposition the conscript fathers were fathers only of their own line as for the common people they were regarded as an impure race exploitable taxable and workable at the discretion and mercy of their masters 
as a general thing Bousset shows little regard for the people his monarchical and theological instincts know nothing but authority obedience and almsgiving under the name of charity this unfortunate disposition constantly leads him to mistake symptoms for causes and his depth which is so much admired is borrowed from his authors and amounts to very little after all when he says for instance that dissensions in the republic and finally its fall were caused by the jealousies of its citizens and their love of liberty carried to an extreme and intolerable extent are we not tempted to ask him what caused those jealousies what inspired the people with that love of liberty extreme and intolerable it would be useless to reply the corruption of morals the disregard for the ancient poverty the debaucheries luxury and class jealousies the seditious character of the gracchi etc why did the morals become corrupt and whence arose those eternal dissensions between the patricians and the plebeians in rome as in all other places the dissension between the rich and the poor was not caused directly by the desire for wealth people as a general thing do not covet that which they deem it illegitimate to acquire but by a natural instinct of the plebeians which led them to seek the cause of their adversity in the constitution of the republic so we are doing to-day instead of altering our public economy we demand an electoral reform the roman people wished to return to the social compact they asked for reforms and demanded a revision of the laws and a creation of new magistracies the patricians who had nothing to complain of opposed every innovation wealth has always been conservative nevertheless the people overcame the resistance of the senate the electoral right was greatly extended the privileges of the plebeians were increased they had their representatives their tribunes their consuls but notwithstanding these reforms the republic could not be saved when all political expedients had been exhausted when the civil war had depleted the population when the caesars had thrown their bloody mantle over the cancer which was consuming the empire inasmuch as accumulated property always was respected and since the fire never stopped the nation had to perish in the flames the imperial power was a compromise which protected the property of the rich and nourished the proletaires with wheat from africa and sicily a double error which destroyed the aristocrats by plethora and the commoners by famine at last there was but one real proprietor left the emperor whose dependent flatterer parasite or slave each citizen became and when this proprietor was ruined those who gathered the crumbs from under his table and laughed when he cracked his jokes perished also montesquieu succeeded no better than Bousset in fathoming the causes of the roman decline indeed it may be said that the president has only developed the ideas of the bishop if the romans had been more moderate in their conquests more just to their allies more humane to the vanquished if the nobles had been less covetous the emperors less lawless the people less violent and all classes less corrupt if etc perhaps the dignity of the empire might have been preserved and rome might have retained the sceptre of the world that is all that can be gathered from the teaching of montesquieu but the truth of history does not lie there the destinies of the world are not dependent on such trivial causes the passions of men like the contingencies of time and the varieties of climate serve to maintain the forces which move humanity and produce all historical changes but they do not explain them the grain of sand of which pascal speaks would have caused the death of one man only had not prior action ordered the events of which this death was the precursor montesquieu has read extensively he knows roman history thoroughly is perfectly well acquainted with the people of whom he speaks and sees very clearly why they were able to conquer their rivals and govern the world while reading him we admire the romans but we do not like them we witness their triumphs without pleasure and we watch their fall without sorrow 
montesquieu's work like the work of all french writers is skillfully composed spirited witty and filled with wise observations he pleases interests instructs but leads to little reflection he does not conquer by depth of thought he does not exalt the mind by elevated reason or earnest feeling in vain should we search his writings for knowledge of antiquity the character of primitive society or a description of the heroic ages whose morals and prejudices lived into the last days of the republic vico painting the romans with their horrible traits represents them as excusable because he shows that all their conduct was governed by pre-existing ideas and customs and that they were informed so to speak by a superior genius of which they were unconscious in montesquieu the roman atrocity revolts but it is not explained therefore as a writer montesquieu brings greater credit upon french literature as a philosopher vico bears away the palm originally property in rome was natural not private numa was the first to establish individual property by distributing the lands captured by romulus what was the dividend of this distribution affected by numa what conditions were imposed upon individuals what powers reserved to the state none whatever inequality of fortunes absolute abdication by the republic of its right to eminent domain over the property of citizens such were the first results of the division of numa who justly may be regarded as the originator of roman revolutions he it was who instituted the worship of the god terminus the guardian of private possession and one of the most ancient gods of italy it was numa who placed property under the protection of jupiter who in imitation of the Euturians, wished to make priests of the land surveyors who invented a liturgy for cadastral operations and ceremonies of consecration for the making of boundaries who in short made a religion of property footnote similar or analogous customs have existed among all nations consult among other works origin of french law by monsieur michelet and antiquities of german law by grimm end of footnote all these fancies would have been more beneficial than dangerous if the holy king had not forgotten one essential thing namely to fix the amount that each citizen could possess and on what conditions he could possess it for since it is the essence of property to continually increase by accession and profit and since the lender will take advantage of every opportunity to apply this principle inherent in property it follows that properties tend by means of their natural energy and the religious respect which protects them to absorb each other and fortunes to increase or diminish to an indefinite extent a process which necessarily results in the ruin of the people and the fall of the republic roman history is but the development of this law scarcely had the tarquins been banished from rome and the monarchy abolished when quarrels commenced between the orders in the year 494 b c the succession of the commonality to the mons sacer led to the establishment of the tribunate of what did the plebeians complain that they were poor exhausted by the interest which they paid to the proprietors phoneratorbius that the republic administered for the benefit of the nobles did nothing for the people that delivered over to the mercy of their creditors who could sell them and their children and having neither hearth nor home they were refused the mean of subsistence while the rate of interest was kept at its highest point etc for five centuries the sole policy of the senate was to evade these just complaints and notwithstanding the energy of the tribunes notwithstanding the eloquence of the gracchi the violence of marius and the triumph of caesar this execrable policy succeeded only too well the senate always temporized the measures proposed by the tribunes might be good but they were inopportune it admitted that something should be done but first it was necessary that the people should resume the performance of their duties because the senate could not yield to violence and force must be employed only by the law if the people out of respect for legality took this beautiful advice the senate conjured up a difficulty 
the reform was postponed and that was the end of it on the contrary if the demands of the proletaires became too pressing it declared a foreign war and neighboring nations were deprived of their liberty to maintain the roman aristocracy but the toils of war were only a halt for the plebeians in their onward march towards pauperism the lands confiscated from the conquered nations were immediately added to the domain of the state to the agur publicus and as such cultivated for the benefit of the treasury or as was more often the case they were sold at auction none of them were granted to the proletaires who unlike the patricians and knights were not supplied by the victory with the means of buying them war never enriched the soldier the extensive plundering had been done always by the generals the vans of auguru and of twenty others are famous in our armies but no one ever heard of a private getting rich nothing was more common in rome than the charges of peculation extortion embezzlement and brigandans carried on in the provinces at the head of armies and other public capacities all these charges were quieted by intrigue bribery of the judges or desistance of the accuser the culprit was allowed always in the end to enjoy his spoils in peace his son was only the more respected on account of his father's crimes and in fact it could not be otherwise what would become of us if every deputy peer or public functionary should be called upon to show his title to his fortune the patricians arrogated the exclusive enjoyment of the agur publicus and like the feudal seigneurs granted some portions of their lands to their dependents a wholly precarious concession revocable at the will of the grantor the plebeians on the contrary were entitled to the enjoyment of only a little pasture land left to them in common an utterly unjust state of things since in the consequence of it taxation census weighed more heavily upon the poor than upon the rich the patrician in fact always exempted himself from the tithe which he owed as the price and as the acknowledgment of the concession of domain and on the other hand paid no taxes on his possessions if as there is good reason to believe only citizens property was taxed Labelay, history of property in order to thoroughly understand the preceding quotation we must know that the estates of citizens that is estates independent of the public domain whether they were obtained in the division of numa or had since been sold by the questors were alone regarded as property upon these a tax or censa was imposed on the contrary estates obtained by concessions of the public domain of the augur publicus for which a light rent was paid were called possessions thus among the romans there was a right of property and a right of possession regulating the administration of all estates now what did the proletaires wish that the jus processionis the simple right of possession should be extended to them at the expense as is evident not of private property but of the public domain agri publici the proletaires in short demanded that they should be tenants of the land which they had conquered this demand the patricians in their avarice never would accede to buying as much of this land as they could they afterwards found means of obtaining the rest as possessions upon this land they employed their slaves the people who could not buy on account of the competition of the rich nor hire because cultivating with their own hands they could not promise a rent equal to the revenue which the land would yield when cultivated by slaves were always deprived of possession and property civil wars relieved to some extent the sufferings of the multitude the people enrolled themselves under banners of the ambitious in order to obtain by force that which the law refused them property a colony was the reward of a victorious legion but it was no longer the agur publicus only it was all italy that lay at the mercy of the legions the agur publicus disappeared almost entirely but the cause of the evil accumulated property became more potent than ever labelay history of property 
the author whom i quote does not tell us why this division of territory which followed civil wars did not arrest the encroachments of accumulated property the omission is easily supplied land is not the only requisite for cultivation a working stock is also necessary animals tools harnesses a house an advance etc where did the colonists discharged by the dictator who rewarded them obtain these things from the purse of the usurers that is of the patricians to whom all these lands finally returned in consequence of the rapid increase of usury and the seizure of estates sallust in his account of the conspiracy of cataline tells us of this fact the conspirators were the old soldiers of Scylla, who as rewarded for their services had received from him lands in cisalpine gaul tuscany and other parts of the peninsula less than twenty years had elapsed since these colonists free of debt had left the service and commenced farming and already they were crippled by usury and almost ruined the poverty caused by the exactions of creditors was the life of this conspiracy which well nigh inflamed all italy and which with a worthier chief and fairer means possibly would have succeeded in rome the mass of the people were favorable to the conspirators cuncta plebs catalinae incepta probabat the allies were weary of the patricians robberies deputies from the allobroges the savoyards had come to rome to appeal to the senate in behalf of their fellow-citizens involved in debt in short the complaint against the large proprietors was universal we call men and gods to witness said the soldiers of cataline who were roman citizens with not a slave among them that we have taken arms neither against the country nor to attack any one but in defence of our lives and liberties wretched poor most of us deprived of country all of us of fame and fortune by the violence and cruelty of usurers we have no rights no property no liberty footnote dies homonesque testamur nos arma neque contra patriam sepese neque co periculum ais facerimus sed uti corpora nostra ab injura tuta forent que misiri agentes violentia atuque crudelitate fone raterum plerique patriae sed omnes fana attaque fortunas expertes sumas neque quiquam nostrum liquit more majorum lege uti neque amiso patrimonio liferum corpus abere salus bellum calentinarium end of footnote the bad reputation of cataline and his atrocious designs the imprudence of his accomplices the treason of several the strategy of cicero the angry outbursts of cato and the terror of the senate baffled this enterprise which in furnishing a precedent for expeditions against the rich would perhaps have saved the republic and given peace to the world but rome could not evade her destiny the end of her expiations had not come a nation never was known to anticipate its punishment by a sudden and unexpected conversion now the long-continued crimes of the eternal city could not be atoned for by the massacre of a few hundred patricians cataline came to stay divine vengeance therefore his conspiracy failed the encroachment of large proprietors upon small proprietors by the aid of usury farm rent and profits of all sorts was common throughout the empire the most honest citizens invested their money at high rates of interest footnote fifty sixty and eighty per cent course of monsieur blanqui end of footnote cato cicero brutus all the stoics so noted for their frugality viri frugi 
seneca the teacher of virtue levied enormous taxes in the provinces under the name of usury and it is something remarkable that the last defenders of the republic the proud pompeys were all usurious aristocrats and oppressors of the poor but the battle of pharsalus having killed men only without touching institutions the encroachments of the large domains became every day more active ever since the birth of christianity the fathers have opposed this invasion with all their might their writings are filled with burning curses upon this crime of usury of which christians are not always innocent saint cyprian complains of certain bishops of his time who absorbed in disgraceful stock-jobbing operations abandoned their churches and went about the provinces appropriating lands by artifice and fraud while lending money and piling up interests upon interests footnote episcopi plurimi quos et ortamento esse apportet caeteras et exemplo divina provazione contenta procuratores rerum saluarium fiere derelicta cathedra plebe lacerta per alineras provincias oberantes negotiationes questeose nindunas au ucu pare esurientibus in ecclesia fratibus abere argentum lagjurter veie fundos indices fradibus rapare usuris multiplicantabus faunes agure cyprian de lapsis note what does this refer to this is at the bottom of page three hundred forty one in m s in this passage saint cyprian alludes to lending on mortgages and to compound interest End of footnote why in the midst of this passion for accumulation did not the possession of the public land like private property become concentrated in a few hands by law the domain of the state was inalienable and consequently possession was always revocable but the edict of the praetor continued it indefinitely so that finally the possessions of the patricians were transformed into absolute property though the name possessions was still applied to them this conversion instigated by senatorial avarice owed its accomplishment to the most deplorable and indiscreet policy if in the time of tiberius gracchus who wished to limit each citizen's possession of the augur publicus to five hundred acres the amount of this possession had been fixed at as much as one family could cultivate and granted on the express condition that the possessor should cultivate it himself and should lease it to no one the empire would never have been desolated by large estates and possession instead of increasing property would have absorbed it on what then depended the establishment and maintenance of equality in conditions and fortunes on a more equitable division of the agra publicus a wiser distribution of the right of possession i insist upon this point which is of the utmost importance because it gives us an opportunity to examine the history of this individual possession of which i said so much in my first memoir and which so few of my readers seem to have understood the roman republic having as it did the power to dispose absolutely of its territory and to impose conditions upon possessors was nearer to liberty and equality than any nation has been since if the senate had been intelligent and just if at the time of the retreat to the mont sacre instead of the ridiculous farce enacted by menenaeus agrippa a solemn renunciation of the right to acquire had been made by each citizen on attaining his share of possessions the republic based upon equality of possessions and the duty of labor would not in attaining its wealth have degenerated in morals 
fabricus would have enjoyed the arts without controlling artists and the conquests of the ancient romans would have been the means of spreading civilization instead of the series of murders and robberies that they were but property having unlimited power to amass and to lease was daily increased by the addition of new possessions from the time of nero six individuals were the sole proprietors of one half of roman africa in the fifth century the wealthy families had incomes of no less than two millions some possessed as many as twenty thousand slaves all the authors who have written upon the causes of the fall of the roman republic concur end of section twenty five second memoir part three